President Joe Biden and China's supreme ruler Xi Jinping recently met in San Francisco, along with leaders of about 21 countries caught in the entangling alliance of APEC, or the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation. While we know what the press reported about the meeting, it's what is not reported that is most important. And the long-term ramifications of China's intentions will have a huge effect on the ability of the United States to survive. You don't want to miss this episode of Analysis Behind the News. If you're concerned about American independence and freedom, then please watch and take the recommended actions. Also, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe so we can break through big tech censorship and reach many others. NPR reported ahead of the meeting, Biden and Xi will only talk for a few hours. They're going to talk about a wide range of things, and advisors to Biden say it's going to be limited in terms of what is going to come out of it. Their main goal is just to stabilize the relationship and lower the risk of conflict. This is what you would expect from state-run media that is not really interested in giving you a broader scope of the bigger picture. The fact of the matter is that the People's Liberation Army of the Chinese Communist Party is certainly not interested in furthering a mutual relationship that benefits both countries. As former CEO of the John Birch Society, Arthur Thompson, wrote in his book on China, Perhaps the most dangerous external physical threat to our freedom and the very existence of the United States as we know it comes from Communist China and their People's Liberation Army. An honest assessment of Chinese military publications indicates that the PLA is engaged in a long-term strategic deception campaign aimed at the United States, not just within what most would consider to be military functions, but within domestic areas as well. Well, this is precisely why China's actions speak louder than its propaganda and lies. Remember that the two main goals of communists, which can be traced back to at least the 18th century Illuminists, are the creation of a one-world government and the elimination of God. These one-worlders, if you will, in many of the Western nations, as well as those within world government bodies like the United Nations, have utilized their positions of power to help create the post-World War II world order, which we are in today. The scenario of West versus East, or Global North versus Global South, or Industrialized Nations versus Emerging Nations are common labels placed on this struggle. Yet leaders in this struggle are striving for the same outcome, a new world order that is led by them. These one-world planners have used the United States of America to steer world leadership into making America the global policeman, the global bank, and the leader of the global marketplace. At the same time, they have also built up rivalries, predominantly in Russia and China, that are also trying to establish themselves as world leaders of their own new world order. For instance, China has used various tools to ensnare both emerging and industrial countries to become dependent upon China. Its Belt and Road Initiative has lent a trillion dollars to countries for various infrastructure projects. Many times when countries cannot pay back their debt, China uses that for leverage to essentially own the project for a term of 99 years or so, deriving certain returns from whatever the project creates. What they own 
they control. Now think about that from a military strategic standpoint, especially when the project is a shipping port or a power plant. China has also become a global manufacturing leader due to its cheap wages and its lack of regulations and safety standards, which has resulted in ridiculously cheap manufacturing costs. It purchases technology and industrial products and de-engineers them in order to manufacture competing products to create dominant market share by severely undercutting the competition. Many countries, including our own, get hooked on these cheap products, driving factories offshore. Modern trade agreements and global governmental bodies, such as the World Trade Organization, have helped to fuel this process. Now keep in mind that the Chinese Communist Party owns all Chinese companies. This is not free market capitalism where ownership belongs to individual citizens. In the communist system, the state pretty much owns everything. By gaining control and influence within participating countries of either of these schemes, China is setting up these countries to be followers in its own new world order. Russia is also doing something similar. It has started utilizing trade agreements to set up regional trade areas like the Eurasian Economic Union to get countries dependent upon it. Plus, as it is currently demonstrating, it's not against using force when necessary. Membership of these countries in global bodies of government is used to further their agenda of gaining more and more control over other countries. Their membership in the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation is no different. This entangling alliance sets up regional economic integration for the Pacific Rim countries while also including China, Russia, and the United States. Economic integration is a key step to building regional government that is above the individual country's government, which leads to the destruction of a country's sovereignty, independence, laws, and individual rights. The best example of this today is, of course, the European Union. Regionalism is a slow process of constantly burgeoning government, bureaucracy that further and further entwines countries into one. Now, looking at this from a numbers perspective, no longer would the world have 195 independent countries. It would be boiled down into just a handful of regions. Globalization would continue to create entangling alliances with each of those regions until at some point they would come under the control of a one-world government, sending out edicts and dictates from a central government, probably under the United Nations. At this point, there would be no semblance of individual countries as borders would merely be erased. Countries like the U.S. that value its rich heritage of freedom and protection of God-given rights need to be eternally vigilant and jealously guard their system of limited governance as a new world order means death to our founding principles and Americanist system of government. Xinhua News Agency, the official press agency for the Chinese government, reported that Jinping would be promoting world modernization with Chinese-style modernization. Again, this is a deceptive way to describe China's lust for taking control of countries that become dependent upon it. Xinhua News Agency also reported in the Asia-Pacific region, which gathers many global South countries, it will amplify the voices of emerging market countries and developing countries and promote the global governance system. Well, regarding global governance, both Russia and China 
have recently ramped up their efforts to be top leaders in a multipolar world through their increased involvement with BRICS, the entangling alliance between Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. BRICS is looking to expand its membership while also working toward replacing the U.S. dollar as a global currency within the trade deals that member countries have brokered with others. According to CNN, Jinping told attendees at the 2023 BRICS summit, countries should reform global governance and stop others from ganging up to form exclusive groups and packaging their own rules as international norms. In other words, just let China lead using its communist rules. And think of what a Chinese communist-run world government would look like. The atrocities that China has showered upon its own people would only be amplified throughout the rest of civilization. Yet, it's this type of tyranny that will be installed throughout the New World Order if we allow it to happen. American sovereignty, which is the ability to self-govern, is one of the most precious resources we have. And we must protect it if this experiment of freedom is to continue. The Founding Fathers advised future generations to stay away from entangling alliances. The John Birch Society so firmly believes this that our very first action project launched in 1962 was Get Us Out of the United Nations, as JBS founder Robert Welch recognized the dangers of staying in such an anti-American organization. JBS members are still working on this project today, and it's more important than ever before. Contact Congress and ask them to reintroduce the American Sovereignty Restoration Act, which cancels the U.S. membership in the United Nations. In no way should we be paying for the very tool that will lead to our demise as an independent country. Please take action today using the helpful links in the video description or go to jbs.org, click on Take Action, and go to Federal Alerts to find the Get Us Out Alert. Then. Join the John Birch Society and help us restore our lost liberties and rebalance those scales of freedom. We'll show you how. Members may already be working in your community. I'm Bill Hahn for the John Birch Society. Until next time, learn more and take action.